0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com.
1: Thank you for listening. Welcome back into the Doctor's Lounge. I'm your host, Dr. Hal. Every week, myself and my co-hosts come and bring you the information that you need in health care so that you can advocate for yourself and for your family with regard to health care needs. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation supports this show and the Docs for Patient Care Foundation is the only health care think tank that's run entirely by physicians who are in practice. We stand for the doctor-patient relationship and for health care freedom for all Americans. We stand for choice and we um, offer Opportunities for people to understand what's possible, not just what people in government or in media are telling you you want or you need. So, please go to our website triple the number four pc foundation That's w triple w d for pc This is a critical year, folks. We are at the crossroads. This is the proverbial fork in the road. We either go down the road of government-run health care or we have health care freedom. And Docs for Patient Care Foundation is out there fighting for you every day. This radio show is a great example. Um, we, The writings that we do, the meetings that we put on, the trips to Washington. Help yourself. Help yourself by helping us to make sure that you still have choices about who your doctor is, what kind of care you're going to get, and where you get your health care. And that's what we are all about. So we need you this year to make it your business to do two things. Get involved. Make sure that you demand, not ask and not question, but demand from your Uh, elected officials, what you need in health care. And I'll talk more about that later in the show. That's the first thing that you need to do. And you need to really inform yourself. And that's what the Docs for Patient Care Foundation and this radio show are all about. The second thing is you need to support the work that we're doing, because there's nobody else out there who is going to do this for you. And we will. So um, a $10 Ten dollar contribution every month is is uh, not asking a lot. A um, hundred dollars, $1, a thousand dollars, whatever it is. But we really need to do this work, and we need your help. So uh, don't be um, indifferent. don't Don't think somebody else is going to do it. You need to be the one to do this. Let me um, first of all. Um, remind everyone that it is uh, tomorrow, which it, uh, in Orlando, Florida, when we hold our annual um, direct primary care meeting, which uh, is like no other meeting in in the country or on uh, direct primary care. The others have tried to emulate what we've done, but we really have the secret sauce. We know how to put on a meeting and really energize, inform, and uh, educate people who are interested in the free market healthcare movement to um, really make make uh, uh, their practice work for their patients and for themselves. There are some limited tickets available. You can still Get there if you're. I don't expect anybody at this point in Alaska to fly to Orlando for tomorrow's meeting. But if you're in the Florida area and you're listening to this show and you're uh, a physician and interested in direct primary care, you will be making a huge mistake if you pass on this opportunity. Um, you get um, continuing medical education credits, CME credits, and you will hear from the people who started the direct primary care movement, and uh, and you'll learn how to build a primary, direct primary care practice if you are thinking of transitioning to one, or you can learn how to make your existing direct primary care or cash practice better by uh, the information that will be presented at this meeting. So don't miss this opportunity, and while I'm talking about this subject, I would like to uh, give a shout out to at one of our platinum sponsors for this meeting, which is Patient MD. And I'd like to uh, just uh, tell you a little bit about Patient MD. It's a, a physician-led movement that's preserving the private practice of medicine. It helps private practices grow by improving patient engagement and satisfaction with a personalized marketing platform. Patient MD is a first of its kind platform which not only provides marketing services for physicians but also improves patient recruitment and engagement by integrating platform services like telemedicine, online clinic, and telemedicine appointment scheduling. It creates a marketplace, educational video section, um, and the patient. MD community has uh, many more services for uh, customizing your practice website and adding more value and functionality than just being an informational website. Patient MD's focus on price transparency, something that you hear us talk about all the time on this show, provides physicians with a personalized marketplace to promote their services and distinguish them from high-cost hospital-based services. As a lower-cost provider, private practices can effectively compete against hospitals and large health systems on the price of outpatient services. So the marketing platform for PatientMD provides services like custom website building, search engine optimization, and SMM services and reputation management services to improve the web presence of the practice, so join Patient MD today and watch your practice grow. And we want to thank Patient MD for being a platinum sponsor for the uh, annual nuts and bolts um, direct primary care meeting in Orlando, Florida this year and we hope that uh they will uh remain a partner with us for uh a very long time to come. So um that that that's the meeting in Florida. So I want to share with all of you um today um, an announcement that I'm uh, very excited about. And uh, nobody um, knows about this, not even our uh, our uh, crew here at America's Web Radio, including the uh, uh, producer and, and station owner, David Moxley. Um, we've been on the air now for five years, and um, we've... Um, spent a lot of time doing this show, it's um, a labor of love, we've got to take time away from our practice in order to do this show, and and I'm more than happy to do that, Um, I think it's very important, Dr. Mike, my co-host, we alternate every other week, um, has felt the same, but sometimes um, things change and people have to move on. And so um, so Dr. Mike is going to be leaving the doctor's lounge. Um, he's got uh, some other things that he needs to tend to and uh, feels that uh, taking time away is uh, uh, going to be too much for him to, uh, to handle. And so we want to thank Dr. Mike for all the years of... Uh, of uh service to uh this radio listening community and uh to uh the show the doctor's lounge and to doc's for patient care he'll still be involved in doc's for patient care he's not stepping away from that and we probably can get him into the studio from time to time and and uh hear from him because we all know that he's got some really incredible insights into uh many aspects of health care that uh, that very few of us really uh, have that kind of understanding about. So uh, once again, uh, a big giant thank you to Dr. Mike for having uh, been my co-host. It's been my privilege uh, and honor to be uh, working uh, in tandem with him. But the exciting announcement is that we've got somebody who is willing to uh, step up and take his place. And uh, that person is uh, the person who was my guest two weeks ago, um, Dr. Scott Barber. And Dr. Barber has been a uh, a healthcare warrior with me almost from the very beginning of Docs for Patient Care. And, uh, uh, in fact, he loves to tell the story about how when we were – At a meeting about Obamacare very, very early on in 2008, Um, he and I were on a panel and I was listening to what he was saying and at the end of the meeting, um, I pulled him aside and I said to him, you're with me. And he never forgot that, and he uh, he loves to tell that story because he really has been with me, and um, he's been very distracted in his own private um, issues uh, establishing Barber Orthopedics, which is competing against some of the big boys here in Atlanta. There are some very well-entrenched um, uh, giant orthopedic practices in the Atlanta area. They are 800-pound gorillas. They are Goliaths. And uh, Scott Barber is a little David who uh, has gone up against them and he has been fabulously successful in, um, in creating a uh, free market healthcare solution. So he not only works in the um, insurance world, Accepting traditional insurance, but he also does um, work in the free market uh, arena. He puts his, um, uh, you know, he walks the walk, he talks the talk, and he is a uh, incredibly articulate um, physician who has been doing this for over a decade and really knows how to message. And his goal in life is the same as mine, which is to do anything and everything possible to prevent the government from running health care I see David Moxley is chomping at the bit he wants to he wants to say something chomping at the bit no I
2: I uh, you know I'm sorry to see Mike leave uh, but understand and and he has had some complications over the the last couple of years but anyway with dr. Barber coming on uh, America's web radio is going to hopefully put the smooth rock in his slingshot and uh, we will start uh, no charge just because we appreciate the doctor's lounge and we appreciate what you're doing and you know how over the years every show that we do is an educational show it's not they weren't intended that way but it's it, it this is an educational show it's what it's turned out to be telling the public there is an alternative telling the public that there are places that you can go that you can afford and uh we're going to get dr barber's message out and continue to get out the doctor's lounge message well we
1: appreciate that david we we really um uh cherish the relationship of Docs for patient care and the Doctors' Lounge in America's Web Radio, and we, you know, we really uh, view this as an opportunity to educate the public. That's what the whole um, purpose of the show is. That's the mission of the show. It's to share with people um, who are really um, unable to navigate the he- the very complicated healthcare system that we have, and. Uh, give them some insight into what's going on because it's very confusing. Nobody understands the nuances of of uh, of what's happening. Even physicians, you know, we talk to physicians all the time, and we get people who have had enough. They're newbies. They they really have not um, stepped outside of their comfort zone to um, to engage the. Sp- the forces that control healthcare, and they think that because they have lived it, because they are doing the right thing, because most doctors do, because they are passionate about their patients, they believe that everybody will feel that way if they're just Told what the uh, issues are, and people will see the light once once they get that information. And it is, and nothing can be further from the truth because the system is just so corrupted by special interest people who don't want to see any change. You know, we're seeing this. I don't like to talk and stray into political discussions, but we're seeing this right now play out in front of us with this impeachment nonsense. These people in Washington don't want to see the change that President Trump is bringing to Washington. And they will do anything and everything, even if it's illegal, even if it's dirty tricks, even if it is made up and and it, it, there's there's nothing behind it. They're willing to do anything to maintain the status quo and keep somebody from changing the system into something that works for Americans, and the same thing is true about healthcare. Healthcare does not need to be the way it is right now, and if you don't get people who are um, who are fighting for you on a daily basis, who are trying to prevent those special interests from getting even further entrenched and uh, steal your money, control your health care, do things to you that you should not be experiencing, then at the end of the day, ultimately, you will no longer be in charge of your health care. And that's why I come to this show every other week. That's why Dr. Barber is going to be coming here and alternating with me and taking Dr. Mike's place because we both absolutely believe with every fiber of our being that there is um, just an insidious uh, plot by entrenched special interests and bureaucrats to control your health care. And I will do anything and everything humanly possible to keep that from happening. You're much younger than I am, but... Not that much. (laughs) But... And
2: I'm sure you don't get the. I don't know whether you get the calls or not, but I must have had well over a hundred. Uh, oh yeah, we
1: need to take a break.
2: But a hundred <laughs> calls, just about this open enrollment thing.
1: Oh yeah. Oh my God, it just. My, my mother. My mother is is you know I'm Medicare and it's open enrollment for Medicare Advantage, and she's you know just. Absolutely confused, and and uh, you know she, she just doesn't know what to do. And fortunately, I, I'm there to help her. But most people don't have a doctor son who can really help navigate this. And even if they are a doctor, they still don't know how to navigate it.
2: It's the most confusing thing, and as far as the politics are going, I have one thing to say about that, and they're wasting my tax
1: dollars. They are, and we are running long, yes. so we are going to take a break. Yes, sir.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you
1: for listening. We're back in the doctor's lounge, and uh, we've got a few things to talk about today. We ran a little long in that first segment because of some special announcements and a little bit of excitement. Um, we are broadcasting live on our Facebook channel. So please make sure that you, uh, tune in to the America's web radio, Facebook, uh, page and, and, uh, and on YouTube, of course. But, um, Facebook has, I think a bigger, a bigger, uh, uh, live, live, uh, audience. So please go to that and watch us and, uh, and, uh, Participate by by sending emails, and we will uh, do, uh, uh, try to get your comments uh, read on the air. So, another announcement that I'm going to uh, share with you today, and and I've given this a bunch of thought, and uh, um, this is a an absolutely critical year. Um, we we need to uh, pull all hands on deck to. Make sure that we do not get someone in the White House who wants to um, uh, take over your health care. That's It's plain and simple. that's that's what it is. And um, and and none of the people in in the Democratic field believe that uh, you are smart enough to be in charge of your health care. They all believe that that uh, that you need to be taken care of, like the nanny state, and um, and so this is a very very important year where people who um, are not educated, this audience hears. If you're tuning into this show, you pretty much are um, a, a a person who is is smart. Who is looking for information in places other than the uh, mainstream media, um, in, in which I also include the uh, legacy uh, print media? But um, but your friends, there are people out there. Your family members, they they um, may only get their health care information from. MSNBC or from CNN. And they will never hear the things that you hear on this show or the things that you read or the things that I write. They may never have access to that. So this year, I would like everybody to make a commitment to share with people who you know will disagree with you things on health care. Because, You're not going to convince them that Donald Trump's a good guy. You're not going to convince them that if they are climate change um, devotees, you're not going to change their mind that the Green New Deal is not a good thing. You're not going to change – if they're open borders people, you're not going to change their mind. But the one area where I think that people – can really reach some kind of consensus is on health care because the facts are the facts. And I had a debate with someone on a local radio show here in Atlanta just a few weeks ago. I was talking about what the single-payer issue was all about, what that would mean. And this, this um, host was a lefty. And he was trying to um, make a case why it need why healthcare needed to change because our healthcare system is really not not as good as we think it is. It's one of the poorer healthcare systems in the in the world. And I asked him to um, explain himself, and I I knew which way he was going to go because they all use the same playbook they all read from the same script and I was waiting like a a uh, like a like a someone like a, a, a an animal waiting in in uh, in hiding for its prey because I knew he was going to go down this road and he tried to say how bad our infant mortality rates in this country are compared to the rest of the world, and he's basing that on the um, um, left-generated information about the infant mortality in the U.S. versus the rest of the world, which is the World Health Organization data, and you have to understand that the World Health Organization is really a one-world kind of organization a globalist organization. And so they're not going to parse out the nuances of how things are reported and this is going to be very important for what we talk about in the uh, in the last two segments which is big data. But but um what what the thing is that um, the infant mortality in the US is is probably better than the rest of the world and the reason why it's ranked number 30 5 or 36 or 37 is because we keep babies alive who are miracles. We keep 23, 24 week babies alive. They die. They're put out on a flat rock and left to die in many places in the world. And in fact, even in the Western world, in Western Europe, if a baby dies at 36 weeks, they don't report that as an infant mortality. It's a premature death. In this country we mourn a 36 week baby who who dies and and we view that as a as a failure cuz we couldn't keep that baby alive and many babies prematurely do die because they've got many many challenges but we keep the majority of those babies alive but of course our mortality rates are higher than the rest of the world because we try because we really care. And we have the resources to do it. We're the best. And so people who get their information from sources that are going to support their agenda are going to, of course, try to denigrate what we have here. And so I am challenging everybody to share the information on this show, the information that I write and that the other Docs for Patient Care uh, board members are writing with people who, you know, aren't going to agree with you. Because I think on health care, we have an opportunity to change minds and find common ground. So that's what I'd like everybody to do this next 360 days before the upcoming election. So what I'm committing to do is to write every month, I'm sorry, every week, or every two weeks, and put up an op-ed and really try to um, do a full-court press on educating the public on all of these um, facts that that people need to know about. I'm going to share with you and give you a preview of the first op-ed that I'm going to put out there in uh, either well, in one of one of the uh, numerous. Uh, um, publications that I have access to. I'm not sure where it's going to go yet, but, but it will go there. So stay with me, and I'm going to read to you this very short op-ed that I've written.
3: Thank you.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: We're back in the doctor's lounge and we're just talking about a potpourri of things today, but it's mostly a a call to action for people so that they will um, get um, motivated to act this year. There's very limited time and you've got to be a part of this. If you are not part of the solution you are part of the problem and so this is this is a wake-up call um i want to give one more shout out to our platinum sponsor for our uh direct primary care conference that is uh beginning uh tomorrow in orlando florida it's patient md uh, patient MD is a uh, physician-led movement which is dedicated to preserving private practice of medicine, um, and uh, it's uh, uh, it helps private practices to grow by improving patient engagement and satisfaction with personalized uh, marketing platform. So uh, go to Patient MD and. Uh, and learn about what this is and become part of the patient MD community. So in the last segment, I said that um, my commitment for this year, which, um, I mean, I I have to say anybody who knows me knows how committed I am already to uh Healthcare freedom and uh, and and uh, trying to uh, make sure that the system is preserved for people and not taken over by the federal government. But I'm even willing to do more, and I want everybody else to do more. But one of the things that I'm going to do more of is um, write on a regular basis, and I wanted to share with you. A, uh, I'm going to give everybody who has listened to this, I'm going to read a very short op-ed that I've written because I think that this is important for people to understand and it will put single payer health care into some kind of perspective. So in less than a year, Americans will choose a president who will chart the course for the country with ramifications that could affect many future generations. Health care is one such issue. Every Democrat presidential candidate advocates for more government involvement in health care. Most endorse some variation of socialized medicine, the most extreme of which are Senators Warren and Sanders, who call for an end to private health care insurance. This means that 180 million Americans who receive their care through work would lose it. Some candidates want to return to failing Obamacare and prop it up by introducing a government-run health insurance option. This veiled attempt to offer greater flexibility in coverage is nothing more than a Trojan horse, which would ultimately lead to a single government-run system. This is because over time, private insurance cannot compete against a government-sponsored competitor and it will be squeezed out. Americans have been hoodwinked already with promises that we could keep our doctors if we like them, we could keep our insurance if we wanted, we can go wherever we wanted to receive health care. These guarantees were as unrealistic and disingenuous as the promises now being made by the Democratic hopefuls. Who can take seriously claims that a government-run system which will cost $52 trillion would actually save Americans money in the long run. Socialized healthcare is failing all around the world. Waiting lists for doctor appointments are measured in months, not days. The wait for surgeries can be even longer in systems that have made the calculus that money can be saved if the patient dies in the interim. That's the only way that a government-run system can exist, by rationing care. More than 4.5 million Brits, languish on waiting lists for care. Last year almost 1 million surgeries were canceled in the UK for non-health related issues. One needs to look no further than at our very own VA healthcare system for a glimpse of what is in store for every American if the government runs our entire care system. The problems at the VA paint an ominous picture of how the government has bungled health care. Customer service is non-existent because there's no repercussions for bad behavior. Employees cannot be fired. The institution runs like all government bureaucracies. There are equipment and material shortages. Red tape and employee indifference lead to compromised patient care. And veterans continue to die on waiting lists for care. The computerized patient record system, the CPRS, utilized throughout the VA system looks like it could have been created by a third grade student in its uselessness as a healthcare tool. It actually compromises care. At the VA in Iowa City, hundreds of diagnostic tests were canceled in an attempt to shorten the waiting list. The Baltimore VA has been cited for excessive surgical waiting times. And at the Atlanta VA, surgery has been cut back over 50% because of personnel shortages. Of the 170 VA hospitals around the country, 40% had ER wait times that exceeded five hours. The VA Mission Act was passed in 2018 to address these problems, but the problem is the system itself. Veterans who could not be cared for at their VA could petition for care at a private facility in the community, but this plan is falling short of its stated goals, which were to ensure that a patient gets care within thirty days. At the Phoenix VA, Where the scandal in the VA erupted over excessive waiting times in 2014, the problem continues with veterans still, in many cases, waiting over 70 days to, quote, choice out, end quote, of the system. The VA should serve as a warning about the government running health care. They have failed a great number of the 9 million veterans enrolled in the system. How could we entrust the government to take over the health care and manage 327 million people? There are only two individuals who care about your health care, you and your doctor. Not some bureaucrat in Washington, no one else. Patients should expect and demand more, not empty promises from politicians who have lied to the public before. And... Um, that's what I'm going to be writing every week or every two weeks, and I'm going to read my op-eds to people so that they hear them if they can't ac- access them on uh, on one of the platforms that I'm publishing on. But this is, this is what you need to share with your friends, your family, who are not getting information um, that they need to be hearing. The... Um, I had mentioned in the op-ed that some of the candidates um, wanted to um, wanted to uh, uh, expand Obamacare. One of those is uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden' his plan for health care is is a failure already. His plan for health care is more Obamacare. So let's let's talk about this. Um, Brian Blaze, one of the uh, who who we, who's a friend of ours and has been on the show and who is uh, uh, originally uh, was we we um, came in contact with him from the Mercatus Center at George Mason University and he worked for the president for the last few years as a uh, healthcare advisor. Um, he wrote a a, a piece um, that uh, uh, that just uh, recently came out. Um, And uh, in it, he points out um, the uh, problems with Obamacare and the plan that Joe Biden is uh, so fervently um, uh, hanging his hat on for health care. So let's just talk about the failures of Obamacare and why it can't be fixed. It's It's a failed system to begin with. The exchanges, they're worse than expected. And it has nothing to do with the Trump administration. It's because of the perverse way that the exchanges were constructed. Um, there's a long list of expensive benefits that people get on their insurance, but the rates are fixed. So the insurance companies can't, can't uh, charge people um, differently based on whether they're sick or not. And so they raise the premiums on everybody. A healthy um, 27-year-old is paying the same as a uh, a person who's had uh, a stroke and um, who uh, has diabetes, and that's that's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so what has happened? The premiums on the on the plans on the Obamacare exchanges have more than doubled um, uh, since uh, twenty seventeen. The Congressional Budget Office estimated in twenty fourteen that there would be 25 million uh, twenty-five million enrollees on the exchanges in 2019. The actual figure is 10 million. And it's not because of Trump. It's because if you don't qualify for subsidies, you can't afford the rates of the insurance on the exchanges. So the number of unsubsidized enrollees in the individual marketplace on the Obamacare exchanges has dropped from 9.4 million in 2014 to 5.2 million, and it continues to go down. But the exchanges have become a high-risk pool for lower-income people with limited selection of plans, and what these plans um, do is they fail to give people access to the best doctors and the best facilities, they're giving them the kind of garbage cut rate choices that the critics of some of President Trump's initiatives are claiming that his initiatives are doing. For example, the the um, the high risk. I'm sorry the um, the, uh, uh, the 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 short term insurance. Uh, plans the quote the skinny plans that people can get what they need not what um, what somebody else is telling them they have to purchase um, people are the critics are saying that those are bad plans in fact that has helped the marketplace by stabilizing it so you know just like every other aspect of politics that we're seeing where the Democrats do things that are, that are egregious and then use projection to say that the other side is doing exactly what they're doing, that's what's happening in health care. Um, so, so the uh, Trump administration has actually taken steps to stop the bleeding from Obamacare by limiting um, enrollees to come into insurance the day that they get sick. So they can't game the system anymore, and that's helping to stabilize the marketplace. Um, Also, the Trump administration has approved state programs to subsidize high-cost patients, and uh, and that has uh, allowed for those high-risk patients not to fall through the cracks. And states that have implemented these programs have actually seen the premiums on their state-run exchanges drop by more than 10%. So, um, the what's interesting is that the cost-benefit analysis of Obamacare has been incredibly disappointing. The overall individual market enrollment is up only three million people since Obamacare took effect, despite the fact that they're pumping the government is pumping more than fifty billion dollars a year into new subsidies. Um, the Obamacare administration has done has uh, implemented other executive uh, orders that have helped in the, the, the uh, in, uh, insurance uh, or the, the health care world with um, allowing people businesses to put away money into uh, um, health re- health reimbursement agreements arrangements so that uh, their employees could get uh, purchase the kind of care that they want. And these are all important uh, improvements that the Trump administration has implemented, and more is to come if he's given the chance. Not true for the Democrats. Stay with us. I've got one other area to cover in the last segment.
4: This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs.
3: Thank
0: you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: So we're back in the doctor's lounge and we've covered a lot of ground today and we've got one last segment which I know I am not going to be able to do justice but I want to at least set the table with this because this is a, a huge problem and it is a... Uh, Uh, It is about big data, and um, I don't know how many of you are Wall Street Journal readers. I am a uh, subscriber to the Wall Street Journal. I like the newspaper. I like to turn pages. I like to get newsprint on my hands. I like to wake up every morning and go outside with my dog and go get the newspaper and bring it in and read it with my coffee. And yesterday, on the on the front page um, of the Wall Street Journal, is a giant article in the middle of of the front page entitled "Google's Health Deal Spurs Inquiry into Privacy of Data." So. there's a lot here, and I'm not going to be able to unpack all of this in one segment, but I wanted to at least introduce this subject to you, and I'm going to try to get a guest on who might be a little bit more expert in this. In fact, Dr. Mike is probably more expert in this than me, but I think that this is really an important issue that people need to understand. So, there is um, a, uh, an organization which is called the, um, the Health Care Cost Institute. And um, they are um, trying to um, partner with different insurance companies and uh, um, various systems healthcare systems to try to aggregate data big data so when you go to the doctor and you are taking care of they are they are uh, collecting a tremendous amount of data on you they're collecting your name your social security number your date of birth but not just that they're collecting what medications you take what your your um, health history is, all of that is, is, is put together, it's aggregated. Now, there's a law called HIPAA, the uh, Health Care Information Portability and Accessibility Act that make it illegal to share that data without your permission. Now, there's some exceptions to who can see that data But in general, that was the gist of what HIPAA is all about. Let me just give you a sidebar on HIPAA. If people are signing into my office, we used to have a sign-in sheet. You can't have a sign-in sheet anymore because, God forbid, somebody comes in and signs in and sees your name on that list of sign-ins. That's a HIPAA violation. If... I have a patient who I've done surgery on, and the um, and I'm a pediatric urologist. I take care of children, and um, and I have a, a mom who is concerned about how her child's wound looks, how the surgical site looks. If if I am trying to save her a trip to the office or after hours to the urgent care center or emergency room, the smartest thing to do would be for her to just snap a photo and send it to me and let me look at it. Or if there's um, a patient in the emergency room already and the emergency room doctor is, is wanting a fast answer rather than calling me and talking to me and then me deciding, well, you know what, maybe I should come and look at it. If you want some quick answer, the smart thing to do would be to just snap a picture and send it to me. Oh no, you can't do that because that's a HIPAA violation. So HIPAA violations carry with it tremendous Financial and cr- potentially criminal um, uh, uh, penalties, and so people are very concerned, very nervous about it. Well, if you are a, if you're Google, if you are any of these giant platforms, you're above the law. You don't have to worry about HIPAA because we will go ahead and we'll collect data. We will go ahead and de-identify it, which means taking your name, your date of birth, your social security number off it. We just want to know what the claims data is. And we're going to try to put all of this together so that we can create algorithms. We can create computer programs. We can use artificial intelligence to try to better take care of people, and improve health. I have never heard a bigger crock in my entire life. And let me kind of explain to you what that all means. And I'm not going to have a lot of time. But every, every um, uh, specialty, every medical journal, is now relying on what's called registry data. And registry data is based on this kind of information, the claims that people make on insurance. And so what they're doing is they are actually using this information and they are extrapolating. They are they are making assumptions based on the information that they see on a computer program, based on not what happened to the patient, not based on... Any of the data that is is specific to how the patient has t- been taken care of, what they're experiencing, what their complication rates are, they're basing this these assumptions entirely on what the insurance claims turn out to be. So there is a whole generation of sloppy, unsubstantiated medical claims. Medical um, decisions that are being based on reports in the medical literature that are unsupported by actual patient um, experiences, but rather by the information that is um, that is uh, uh, um, parsed out of. insurance claim databases. So this is what I call garbage in, garbage out. And the conclusions that we're seeing in all the specialties, in every specialty, there's no specialty that is exempt from this because they're all doing it. They're using these registries to get data and then make conclusions. So what happens is if I have a conclusion... And, I, and I'm fairly certain that I'm, I'm right or I, I have a suspicion and I, wanna, I want something to substantiate it, I can go into these databases and find data that will substantiate my conclusions, whether they're right or wrong. And this is the kind of sad direction that we are moving in where big data is viewed as gold and it is not as good as as actual experience. There's something called experiential results, and then there's statistical results. So people who are critics of experiential medicine, which is how we've gotten to where we are, are today, it's based on what you, you, you see a patient, you take care of them, you see what works, you build on that. But there are critics of that who say, "Oh no, that's not statistically relevant because you did not meet the statistical criteria to be able to support your conclusions." And so they've they've um, denigrated this whole this whole area by which we have built on for centuries, which is experiential medicine, and and they've replaced that with data, big data. And it doesn't matter how the data is accumulated. If it's data, it's got to be better than your experience. And so what has happened is that you've got companies that are trying to amass incredible amounts of data so that they can um, become relevant and important and then be able to sell it to the government or sell it to insurance companies, or partner with insurance companies. So when they say that they are trying to improve healthcare, or whether they're trying to um, uh, create uh, better um, um, algorithms so that they can um, give better services, this is this really needs to be be scrutinized carefully because what they're really doing is they are. They're creating a giant monster by which you are going to be subjected to um, to uh, rules and regulations that are going to be created by these giant databases that have really very little connection to reality. And so... Um, the Health Care Cost Institute has um, partnered first with United Healthcare, and they've gotten a lot of um, a lot of uh, 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 data from Kaiser. And now, what they've done is they've teamed with Blue Cross, and they've created Blue Health, which will um, uh, help them to uh, really determine. Um, Population statistics and do research into healthcare, and I am going to devote an entire show to this subject in in the next uh, coming f- um, shows. I am not sure exactly when, but I'm going to try to find somebody who uh, I think is is the best spokesperson against this whole. Um, area and uh, and and explain to you how dangerous this is. But I want you to uh, look at the Wall Street Journal article about Google's entry into this with Ascension Healthcare, a St. Louis-based uh, um, uh, company uh, system, and uh, the creation of Project Nightingale, which is uh, uh, again a big data um, uh, effort in healthcare. So. Thank you for being with us today, and I'm not sure exactly the start date for Dr. Scott, but it will be soon, and I know that you'll enjoy having him as my uh, co-host in in, uh, alternating weeks. So uh, share today's show. That's your your homework for today, and thanks for being with us. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the
0: AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.